Welcome to the Amy Egan Podcast, where each week, Lindenwood University head women's basketball coach Amy Egan talks women's basketball and much, much more. We'll talk about past games, future games, players, the Ohio Valley Conference, NCAA, academic careers, and many other interesting topics. And this week, assistant head coach Jordan Mellett joins us. Jordan, thanks for making time on this Saturday morning. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. You know, along with Coach Egan, this is your first D1 coaching gig. Tell us about the experience and maybe the biggest surprise you've experienced so far in D1 basketball. Yeah, um, you know, Amy and I, um, when talking about um, coming here, and obviously it was ultimately her decision, but just talking about um, coming to the D- Division One level, the one thing that we really um, discussed was um, maintaining that kind of of relationship first um, mentality as far as um, how we did things at Drury and, and what was important to us. And, and you know, um, I think we've done a pretty good um, job of that and are continuing to build on that every every day, every week. Um, it's, it's an ever-growing thing. Um, but I think one of the biggest surprises, and it's something that I don't mind as much, but um, Amy didn't really like to do that much, was recruiting so young. <laughs> um, you know, we... We, uh, you, your, your timetable kind of goes up a lot quicker, um, with, with kids and, um, you, you have to get in there and, and make sure that, that, uh, they know who you are and what you're about at an early age. Um, especially, um, with kids that, that, um, could be going to another conference school or a little bit closer to another conference school or a little bit further away and just kind of explaining, um, who we are to them so that they have us on their radar for sure. Interesting. And you mentioned Drury, and you and, and Amy were rid- ridiculously successful at Drury. Talk about things that you did at Drury that will transfer to Lindenwood to that same level of success here in the next year or two or three. Right. Um, I think that uh, kind of what I hit on there about the relationship and um, how we um, strive to be um, um, better people every day with with who we have on campus and um, the people that we surround our program with. Um, I think the other big thing that instilling the um, confidence and, and winning um, tradition and that mindset of, of you can win and not try to win, but you can, and really, really honing in on that. Uh, I think the other thing too is, um, you know, it's always like kind of a, a saying that people say, you know, success breeds success. And, you know, we, we really truly believe that the more and more success these young kids have, the better and better they're getting. And I think you're seeing that um, week in and week out with, with these kids. And, and that's what it's all about. It's, it's not about, you know, all the things that they're doing wrong, even though we talk about those things and try and fix those things, but just filling their heads with uh, what they what they can do and what they've been doing really well and continuing to build on that. And, you know, you talk about how successful we were at, at Drury, even, even then it was always that, it was always that, that fight with, with it of how much do you grind on them and how much do you fill their heads with the success and what they are um, and how good they are. Um, and our, I think that the more you win, the more you believe that you can do something. Um, and, and that's just kind of how success happens for us. You know, we didn't, we did have very, very talented kids at jury. Don't get me wrong, but there also were kids that went, uh, and this isn't a knock on some of them, but they, 
they they exceeded expectations, if that makes sense. Interesting. Um, just because of that mentality. Yeah. And you mentioned the confidence piece. And you guys watch these young ladies every day. I just watch them at the games, of course. And I thought this mm-hmm. past Tuesday's game against SEMO, from my perspective, I saw confidence across across the floor. And it's, I know it's a subjective kind of determination, but I thought I saw that. And it's in the looks, it's in their emotions, it's in the way they go places. Um, so I think, I, think yeah. I see that. So for what that's worth, I wanted to share that. And Jordan, yeah, your, no. two, your two young sons are at almost every home game along with their mother, Sally. What's it like mm-hmm. to have young guys at home for those games? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a special thing. Um, Griffin really has um, grown very attached to our girls and he has, he has a couple, couple that, that he's very attached to. And, um, you know, one of the things that about like coaching and that is, and we, we say it all the time, it is a family business and, and um, having them there just reiterates that. And, and the fact that they enjoy it makes it even better. They don't dread coming. They love coming. Um, <laughs> and our, our, I think Griffin really um enjoys the fact that the girls kind of you know take take them everywhere that they go um he just he just eats it up and and they they do such a great job with them and um i think it also just you know truly helps him see he and this goes back to kind of i don't want to bring up jury but he was used to seeing seeing people win and and like that's just what what he thought Uh and then and then now he's been able to see that you know you don't always win and he's a very competitive kid and sometimes you don't win. You got to keep working at it. Um, and you know, he's like, and some of our losses, he's like, you know, they just, they just got to work harder. They'll be better, you know, after the game and says stuff like that. And then, um, you know, when we pulled out on Steamo and we were all really excited, he's like, I told you, I told you you'd win because how hard they're working, <laughs> you know, and says things like that. So it's a, it's a great, it's great for him to see that working hard does pay off too. Cool. You know, it doesn't oh my. That's, yeah. a, that's such a good story. Such a good story. All right. Second year at D1 um, mm-hmm. for Linderwood. And with the current players and just an impressive group, again, from my perspective, watching almost exclusively at the games, with the current yeah. players in the recruiting that you're taking place, I understand you can't talk much about the re- specific recruits. What do you see in years three and four D1 for Lindenwood from your perspective? Um, I think that, you know, as we continue to see where we can um, bring people in to help our current players continue to be successful. Um, and I think we're, we, and I believe we are doing um, the job that of recruiting kids that are within um, the St. Louis area, um, and then also um, being able to expand our our net a little bit further than that as well um, to really just make sure that we're getting the correct pieces to make um, the kids around them that we already have better um, and to help them be more successful, not to take anybody out or anything. It's just to continue to build on what we have um, and put pieces around them so they um, find um, even more success than what they're at. Cool, cool. And then last question, Jordan. Before moving into college coaching, you were quite successful mm-hmm. as a high school coach. And there are going to be folks listening to this podcast, high school students, college students, parents, who may have aspirations to do what you and, and Coach Egan are doing. What's the one piece of, a, of guidance you would give to folks hoping for that, either that first high school basketball coaching job or even that first co- college coaching job right 
Um, well, you know, it, I, it's sometimes about the coaching, but a lot of times it's about the Jimmys and Joes that you have on your team. And, and I was very blessed to have a very talented in, in, a group in high school. Um, and, you know, I, I always, and I, Amy can attest to this too. It's, it's about not thinking that you, something is below you. Um, and, you know, when I got into high school coaching, I love coaching high school. And we've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, like I love coaching high school kids. I think, I think they're great. And my big thing for me was I wanted, um, to experience what it was like to coach at the college level. Um, I got, I went and got my master's and then I was probably the most persistent person, um, <laughs> that you would ever meet about trying to get into that. Um, and I think that like, you know, uh, you you really have to understand what is important to you is it and and what um you value in coaching um and i'm always somebody that does really like a challenge and figuring something out um and so i believe that like i wanted that next step to figure that out and and i mean i had to go through some sacrifices <laughs> major sacrifices <laughs> to get to get to where i am but um being persistent and you know being great at where you're at, I think is a, is a huge thing. And that's kind of a cliche, but you really just um, have to love where you're at right now. And then um, other doors will open up for you. And it's never about um, where you want to get to all the time. It's about like where you're at right now um, and, and trying to make the best of where you're at. And I think that um, I don't even remember what podcast I was listening to, um, but a coach said that, and I think it was actually Chris Beard. Um, that moved from JUCO to D2 to D1. And that was kind of his, um, his his saying that, like, you know, you just make the best of where you're at and, and never uh, take for granted where you are right now. And that's that's been a big piece of, of what I what I what I brought. Well, Jordan Millett has been our guest today. He's the assistant head coach for Amy Egan's Lindenwood University women's basketball team. Jordan, interesting perspectives. Cool stories. Thanks for taking a few minutes to join us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Amy Egan, Coach Egan. Uh, <laughs> a win this week, a, a, a cool win against SEMO on Tuesday night, and a competitive loss uh, against West Western on, on a Thursday night. Takeaways from both games. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought we played, you know, really, really well against SEMO. Um, you know, I thought we did uh, so many things well, both you know, with our guards, with our posts, I thought, uh, you know, Justice had a great game. And anytime you can start kind of inside uh, and work your way out with scoring wise, I think it frees and opens a lot of stuff up. Um, I mean, our kids just, they just keep getting better and better. And I, I think you said it, you know, with Jordan Wright in that game, they just had a ton of confidence. You could just see how, you could just see it in them with how they carried themselves, how they reacted to hard um, and uh, how they played and how they finished that game when Simo made a run at them and, and then yeah. we looked to, to extend it. So you could just see that they were really believing in uh, who they are and what they're capable of doing and were able to come away with a win. You know, I thought against Western Illinois, we uh, backtracked a little bit on that. You know, I thought when it got hard, uh, we we kind of carried ourselves in a way that, um, you know, we've been fighting to, to get them out of, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes you get that with a young group, you know, and, uh, 
it was our fourth game in, in seven days. And this group hasn't been through that, you know, but the fact and the reality is, is we told them in the locker room, like if you're talking about being a championship program and, and winning a championship, you know, to win a conference championship, you're playing maybe, you know, three games in four days. Um, so you got to yeah. find ways to be tough mentally and physically, um, no matter how many games you have in a, in a, in a single day. So, uh, I think, that for us, I thought it was a good learning experience for us. Um, you know, I thought we had opportunities to win that game against Western. Uh, and again, at the end, we just, we kind of struggled with it. So um, I think that, you know, for it's again, a learning opportunity for us and hopefully we continue to get better. You mentioned Justice Odom and I've had a chance to chat with her and compliment her a couple of times in different uh, Lindenwood uh, scenarios. She is so intense, uh, both on the court and a little bit off the court even as well. And I think an increasingly strong presence under the basket. What's her capacity for growth? Yeah, Yeah. you know, I think, um, you know, so that kid, as much as she drives me crazy, I love that kid to death. And she brings so much to our program, like you said, not only on the floor, but off the floor. And man, her personality, I just love it. Um, She just she just makes me smile every day. Uh, But, um, you know, I, I think. You know, she she struggled a little bit with a, a knee injury that um, has inhibited her a little bit w- with some of her growth. I think if she didn't have that knee injury, um, I mean, she might not even be at our level. Uh, but um, I feel like she is just she's just getting better and better. You know, she's a kid when you ask questions about basketball or you ask questions about situations, she gets it. She just <laughs> understands the game. She understands uh, what it takes. Uh, and now for us, it's getting her to that point on the floor where she believes in what she's doing, uh, and does it consistently for us. And she's getting there. I mean, you can see it every day. And, um, I think she's really, really, uh, blessed and and fortunate to have Alexis with her every day that keeps teaching her and keeps believing in her, um, that, uh, is really helping bring her along as well. But, um, I think she's going to continue to get better for us. I think she's starting to see some success in our program. Uh, and, you know, the more success she has, the more we're going to give her the ball, the more we're going to look to her. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I think she wanted more touches and she wasn't she wasn't scoring it very well. And I said, well, if you want more touches, you know, as a post player, you got to shoot 50, 60 <laughs> percent. You do those things, then you get a touch every time down the floor. So I think she understands um, what she has to do to make things uh, easier for her. Uh, and I think she's starting to see some of that. Interesting. And again, from my perspective, sitting in the seats for mostly games only, as as the season has progressed, Coach Egan, you've, in my mind, you've been able to get almost all of your players some minutes. And we had Stevie Lockhart on last week, and she had some critical and really good minutes against UT Martin a week or two ago. What's What's your thought process on balancing minutes the best you can for your players? Yeah, you know, every game's so different just because of the flow of the game, the foul situations, you know, those kind of things. Um, you know, I think uh, our bench is uh, a very, very important part of uh, what we're trying to do. And, you know, I, I tell every freshman, and, and whether it's Stevie or anyone, you know, you run your own race. Uh, and everybody gets it at different times. Everybody develops at different times. Sometimes as freshmen, some kids are a little bit more inconsistent than other kids. Uh, but you never know when your time uh, may come. And um, like we talked about with Stevie, I think, you know, we needed her in Tennessee Martin and she made some great things happen for us. Um, I thought the other night, you know, we had a lot of our bench that came in. I thought Kaylin Evans gave us some good offensive minutes uh, when we needed it and we're struggling a little bit. 
Um, I thought Stevie came in and gave us some good minutes besides missing um, three free throws, which we were shocked at because she's a 92% high school free throw shooter. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, a lot of those kids that maybe struggled, you know, Stevie and, and Kaylin and some of them, um, they just got to work on a little bit more consistency in, in yeah. practice for us. And if they continue to do those things and continue to put themselves in their situation, um, you know, and, and run their own race, their time will come. And um, I think you're seeing that with some of them. I think, you know, whether it's Stevie or Kalia, um, you know, I, I think they're really starting to understand what we want of them. They just got to do it more consistency and uh, consistently in practice. Interesting. And let's talk about the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. It's getting closer. And, you know, just for those of us that watch this kind of stuff, what kind of conference win numbers do you think it will take your team to get into that tournament? Yeah, I think we're in a three-way tie for eighth right now. Um, You know, and for us, you know, it's I mean, I believe we can play. I think we've shown besides our first game against Western and first game against SEMO um, where we were probably bouncing back a little bit from losing Gracie Kelsey to an ACL and a little bit of sickness. I think we've shown that we could probably play uh, in in every game, you know, and um, I think we got to continue to find ways to win those games and to flip those games uh, like we did at, at Tennessee Martin, like we did it with SEMO and that and, and finish them. Um, but I think you know, for us, it's our mentality is let's go win every game, you know, as a staff. I think we, you know, we're trying to put our kids in that position. uh, And uh, I think our kids are starting to see it and believe it. Um, So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. It's going to depend on, uh, you know, everybody else that's kind of right there with us as well, what their schedule is. And I haven't dove too much into that just because I want us every day just to go out and, and play to win. And then a question about fun, and in particular the Tuesday night game this past week. Um, you and I, I think, exchanged a text message one, uh, this week, and I observed kind of a a lot of smiles and lightheartedness on that <laughs> on that Tuesday night game. It was a competitive game. How do you balance, from your perspective as a head coach, how do you balance the fun and serious work during what really is becoming a long basketball season? You're in and you're out. Yeah. Well, it's hard. It, it really is. You know, um, college basketball is a, uh, it's a year round sport and, you know, our, our season is so long. And when you talk about a season with, um, a young group, I'm sure for them, this is, you know, a lot of them in high school played sports, played multiple sports that took their mind off of sometimes giving them a break from, you know, the grind of the season. Um, you know, I think you got to find the fun in the hard. And, um, you know, for us with this group, we're really lucky. Like, they come to practice and they want to get better. They come to practice and they laugh. They laugh in the locker room. Um, we try to do some team stuff with them to, to help relieve some of that. Um, but I think we're really lucky with the kids that we have because they do just find the fun in the heart. Um, and uh, that's what you have to do. You have to understand that it's going to be a grind. You have to understand that winning, winning is really, really hard. It's not normal, right? And so how can you find the fun in that? And um uh, we're, we're trying to do that with this group, but, um, it, it, there is, there are also hard days and, uh, we, we just continue to work with them and continue to pump them up and, and try to build confidence in them, as Jordan said. Uh, and I think that makes it a little easier. And then finally, and you, you got this in the notes I sent you, we're going to do something we haven't done before. We're going to flip this interview scenario. And I, I asked you to ask me any question that you wanted to ask me, Amy. So go for it. <laughs> you you went and watched uh you know a, a Marquette UConn game right 
I did. Okay. Four rows from this floor, mind you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you tell me uh, uh, what what the difference is between watching a Lindenwood women's basketball game right now and uh, watching uh, one of the games from a you know a team at that level. You know, I wish you'd ask me a harder question because I think the answer is easy. <laughs> and I, I think, you ha- but I think you have to be there physically to see both those levels, and it's the physical stature difference. Yeah. Even someone like um, like uh, the Yukon star, whose name is now escaping me because I'm old and senile. Um, what's her name? Pa- yeah, Paige Beckers. Yeah, Paige yeah. Beckers. You know, she looks frail on TV, but up close she has a, a body structure that is just impressive. And then even across all of their players, they just – they may look thin, but when you look at them up close – did I say four rows from the floor? Four rows from the floor. <laughs> I I think it's the physical component. They're bigger, faster, stronger. We've talked about that before. And I think a big part of that comes just from the physical stature. Yeah. I really yeah. do. And that's you can't you can't teach physical structure. <laughs> we are who we are in terms of that kind of stuff. Well, Jordan Mellett and Coach uh, Coach Egan, thanks again for making time on this Saturday morning. We'll look forward to seeing you a couple times at home this coming week. I haven't looked at who, who we're playing this week. Amy, who's up on the schedule this week? Tennessee State and Tennessee Tech. Excellent. So we'll look forward to watching both of those games. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, and we'll be back next week with the Lindenwood University head women's basketball coach, Amy Egan. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, Gary.